Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. What's going on? So we got another DM. I was going to say like Dizzle, but that didn't nope, work. We so got a direct and, message. We got a direct <laughs> message. Uh, so from a, a woman said, thank you so much for your insight. I just started selling Mary Kay and I don't have a lot of followers. So any tips you can give me are welcome. I'm not getting any bites yet ex- from Instagram, except my sister-in-law. So, and we could fill in Mary Kay with any social service, social service, any service product, a lot of y'all are selling stuff, whether it's MLM products, whether it's your coaching, whether it's your training, you're selling things on Instagram and your family's buying and you want more people. So I think it's a great topic. And first off, I want to say your family sometimes is the first ones. So do not discount those people, you know, I was going to say that is, so I think oftentimes we get in, especially if you're doing, so Mary Kay is network marketing, right? So obviously if you guys are maybe essential oils, what are some other ones that are popular? Isogenics, uh, Modere, Fabletics, is that one? Uh, Fabletics is not, they're just a affiliate program. Oh, okay. So, you know, if you're having like a physical product or something, but also maybe if you have a digital product, maybe it's like coaching, maybe it's one-on-one coaching or maybe some sort of course or some sort of offering, you know, when you first get on and you're using, and I am a fan of using social media to sell, especially at the beginning, because that's where everyone's hanging out. So don't feel like you need to start sending out mailers, like just go to social media, get a free account on Instagram and Facebook to start. Of course, there are other platforms like LinkedIn and YouTube and Pinterest and other places you can go, but just let's start with these two. Uh, Most people are hanging out there. And the people that you're already connected with there are your friends, family, acquaintances, friends of friends, people you already know. And oftentimes you're like, well, I don't want to sell just to like, I don't want to have, I want to like reach the masses, right? I want to, I want to sell to strangers. I want to like, I want to meet new people. I want to get and grow my business. You have to start with these people because number one, you're already connected to them they already have a relationship with you. They already know you, they like you, they trust you. So whether it is a physical product, network marketing product, or it's a digital course or online offering or coaching, your first pro- your first customers, I would even say for the first year, will pretty much always be people you know or a referral from someone you know, because those people, they already trust you. You don't have to build that. Because one of the things that Danny and I talk about when, when it comes to online business is that we are in the trust business. People buy from those that they trust. And it's you can hotwire this and sell right now because people already know you. I don't care if like they went to junior high school with you. Even if y'all weren't friends in junior high school, if they are looking for a fitness program, who else are they going to go to, right? They're not going to try and hit up that person on Instagram who has a million followers. They're going to go to you because they already know you, even though they maybe aren't like really close with you. There's familiarity there. It's like, I trust her. I know her family. I know where she grew up, whatever, for whatever those reasons are, they're going to go to you first. So what I would do, in, and I, I think this is a big, and maybe you can jump in on this, but there's a big fear when you're getting started of coming off 
too salesy. So what would be your maybe first approach if you're like, I, up until this point, I've been posting pictures of my kids and my dogs. And now all of a sudden I'm a business owner. Like how does that transition work? Uh, it's so good. So first off, I would be pumped if you get your sister-in-law or any family, because we get a lot of messages from people saying my family doesn't support me. So be happy. You get some family that supports you and everything that Jill said. Yes. The, the trust is already there. But as far as when you start switching into you're selling something and you don't, and nobody wants to be salesy or feel salesy. Most of the time with people I've worked with, and I'm sure you, you too, Jill, is they're not salesy enough. They're not salesy like they think they're being salesy. We really wish they were talk- more salesy. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm like, say it more clearly. We don't even know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. <laughs> so in order to not be so salesy and maybe just the start to get dip the toe in and start feeling where it's more organic is to start sharing your lifestyle and sharing results, whether they're results of your own results of customers or clients or people that you know. So let's say, for example, it's isogenics. It's a shake Protein or shake. shakeology, beach body, whatever, some kind of shake that you're selling or that you want to sell. Start with showing in the morning how you get up and you are making your breakfast and you're doing stories. I think stories are so, so good for being able to sell and start to reach people. They're, in, they're fun. You have to take Jill's story you, first of all, she's got a yeah. program. Um, but learn how to do stories and learn how to share organically. So you're showing your lifestyle. When I did network marketing, it's really about sharing your lifestyle and things that people want that are aspirational. So maybe they want your lifestyle because you have time freedom. Maybe they want your skin care because your skin looks amazing. Maybe they want to lose weight and you're in really great shape. And so they're wondering how you got that. So start sharing how you live your life on the day-to-day basis. I think that's the first place to start. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think stories are like a really low barrier to entry. I think sometimes, especially if you're like, I have a business now and your like main feed post on Instagram or Facebook, um, sometimes it can be like, I've been only sharing my kids and dog up to this point. And all of a sudden I'm like, buy this protein shake. I think that that can feel a little abrupt. And it's not that that's a turnoff, but sometimes people can't follow the storyline. So I agree with Danny. I think a really great low hanging fruit is to just start incorporating some of the things that you want people to buy into your own storyline, into the own, your characters and your story, whatever. So for example, if you're selling, I don't know, one-on-one coaching, you might start talking about your in-person clients. So that's a really easy way. You might say to yourself, well, I don't have any online clients to be like, oh, I'm just talking to my online client and she's getting great results and maybe starting some, so, some share some social proof, but you do have in-person clients. You certainly have people that you've worked with in the past, even if you're not currently working with them. So you, and if let's just even say you don't have any clients, then all you do is you start sharing your own wins, your own successes, your own story of transformation. So even if you don't yet have clients who this method has worked for, you should definitely share your own transformation and how you went from that person you used to be to the person you are now using your own system. So the thing that you're, and then now you're teaching it to other people. So that's essentially why anyone gets into this. Honestly, is like, I've had something that worked for me. I just feel passionate about getting it out there. And so you can start to weave in your own story and your own successes into your like Instagram and Facebook stories. I think that that's like low barrier to entry and they're gone within 24 hours. So if you feel like you're really nervous about this thing, 
everything's deletable. To me, it's not like you're getting a big ass billboard to put up on the side of the road. That's going to like sit there for a year. It's like, this is just stuff that you can play with. And if you absolutely hate it, you just delete it or it's gone in 24 hours. So to me, this is like low barrier entry, but I think sharing your own successes and you using the products or you doing the things that you want other people to do is really easy way to start. I love that. And I think also looking at other people, maybe that you're emulate or that you want to be like that, or maybe aspirational for you and seeing how they're sharing it. I always like to observe how other people are doing things in a way. And I go, okay, I could do it that way and not this way. So I'm going to maybe look at Grant Cardone and go, I couldn't do that. Cause sometimes he'll go like, you go on his page and go, I want this thing or no, I'm, I still want to be a loser. Like you have to click that you're a loser. So he's like, making <laughs> like, you don't have to be like that. You go, okay, that's not how I want my pages to make people feel. But maybe I'm looking at Sarah on YouTube who has a, you know, big beauty channel and she does does tutorials. And I feel like I'd like to do those kind of things. So I could do tutorials or I could do um, challenges and start to watch others and really just take the feelings that they give to, to you and try to make that your own. I don't think there's anything wrong with, and we've talked about plagiarism and copying, like you don't want to copy someone's exact, what they're doing exactly, but how they do something, watch how they do it and how they make you feel and how they engage and see if you can do that with your own stuff. Um, There's also, I think stories are just so powerful um, when your stories be meaning Instagram stories, but also storytelling. So when you're on your feed and you're writing captions, I think stories can really convey messages very well. And there are uh, there's lots of there's lots of books on this. Uh, there's like building your story brand or something about story mm-hmm. brand. Yeah. Um, but there's Don also Miller. yes, yeah, Don Miller. And then there's also like the hero's journey. If you Google the hero's journey, there's what they call seven universal plots. Okay, so there's different plots that you can um, weave in stories. So one of those is like the rags to riches. So maybe you have some kind of rags to riches story, before and afters. However that looks, whether that's a weight loss before and after, but can you share the before of where you were? Maybe you were tired and anxious, and now you have more confidence. And before and afters don't have to be a physical transformation; they could be an emotional transformation. But that is a, a before and after is a story. It could just be in a photo. It can also be in your uh, in your writing. Um, there's also comedy, entertainment, there's tragedy, there's rebirth. So look up these storylines and see how you can take your journey and turn it into more of a compelling story that's interesting and making people curious about what you're doing and how to get involved. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I also just want to like always caveat things with expectation management. I want to say this, and Danny and I have talk, said this a couple of times before, when Danny and I started 10 years ago or 10 plus years ago now, uh, we weren't seeing the kinds of numbers that we're seeing. So for example, you know, if you go on Instagram and maybe you're looking up different like business coaches or different like business owners, you might see something like seven figure business owner or something like that in someone's bio. When we were getting started, no one was putting seven figure CEO on their personal Facebook page because I think social media was so new and relatively new, right? It, I mean, I guess we got Facebook in what, 2004, 2005. Um, but then like 2010, like no one is really using it in that way now. Now your next door neighbor can have a million followers on Instagram. We just weren't seeing those kind of numbers. And what I think all of this has done for all of us, especially for newbies getting into the space is it's created a lot more comparison and a lot more sort of urgency and desperation because you're thinking that you should be there already. 
Danny and I, when we were getting started, we never, we talked about this. We never had this feeling of like, I need more followers. I need more. It was always just like, we were so grateful. And I've even gone back to some of my older posts and it was like four likes, seven likes, three likes. And at the time I was never like, ah, oh, how come I didn't get more likes? I see a lot of that going around now. How come not getting more likes? How come not get like, what? why do you expect to? You're new, right? Like you're new. You have 250 people following you on Instagram. Welcome to the next 10 years, right? Like you will build your following and audience and trust and all of that kind of thing and get strangers into your business over the years, but not right now, not yet, you know? And it's not to say you need to take the hard road. It's just more that like there, there's, there really is so much competition that like, you're just getting started. You're just new. Everyone starts with one follower. Everyone starts with one subscriber. Everyone starts with one customer. And to me, and Danny said this multiple times, like you have to be grateful for what you have in order to even deserve to have more. And so I think from a mindset perspective, just make sure that you are absolutely treating any customers you get like gold, like absolute gold, because they're going to be much more likely first year of all their early adopters. They took a chance on you when other people didn't, they are like, they're uh, willing to take a risk on you. They're early adopters. They're super fans. Like they're your inner circle, treat them like gold. I see so many people being so worried about not having customers that they forget that they currently have people actually paying them. So to me, and, and they, we know this, this is actually called like second money. We can, it's easier for us to keep a client and get them to continue to purchase other things from us than it is to try and get a brand new client. So like, to me, if I have 10 people who are purchasing for me, I'm going to be like, what else do you need? Right. I'm always going to be like, what else can I give these guys? Because they're already on board. They already trust me. Is there other sort of upgrades or next steps or whatever that I can put in front of them? It's going to be 10 times easier to sell them than it is to go out and get a brand new customer. So like, you have to be grateful for what you have as well. Yes. Preach, preach, preach. The, the other expectation management piece I want to put in there is Internet money isn't easier money. I think everyone thinks, mm. oh, I could just sit back and I don't have to do as much work. I just have to post and the money's come, gonna come rolling in. I'm sorry, but when you're building a business, Jill started her business in person. I started my business in person. My network marketing business, which equivalent to the Mary Kay, I would have in-person parties. I'd have people come to my house. I posted online, yes. However, it was still an in-person business. I still had to get, I was on the phone all the time making calls to people. Mm -hmm. It wasn't post and they went to my link and bought. It was never, ever that way. No one who ever signed up with me in network marketing as a consultant or brand partner, whatever you want to call, whatever your people are, not a single one did it just with my link without having a phone call and talking to me first or meeting me in person. So understand that you need to do like, I don't want to say you have to like do the grunt work first, but you kind of do. You have to prove yourself in person. I really believe before you were able to post online and just have people purchase from a link. And also understand it doesn't work that way still with many, many kinds of businesses. Lots of uh, coaching, high-end coaching. You may post a link. That means someone goes on the link to go get on a call with you. So you might have to do something different where they have more high touch, have more connection with you. Um, I just know that most people in network marketing, uh, if you look back over the years, like they didn't have the internet. People did millions of dollars in Mary Kay and Herbalife and all these companies pre-internet. How did they do it? They met in person. Mm. So don't discount the in-person things. Don't skip over it thinking you could just build a business online. I just don't, 
I think it is possible, but it's not likely that you're going to be massively successful unless you're getting out there and networking, meeting people in real life. And then referrals is huge. What Jill said at the very beginning was, you know, the sister-in-law and then maybe a referral from somebody you know. Get referrals. If you want to reach outside of your immediate circle, you need to ask your immediate circle, who do you know that I need to know? Who do you know that I could help with my, you know, service or product? Who do you know that I should meet? Yeah, and find ways to connect. Ask for uh, ask for introductions. Ask for um, people who need your services or maybe who knows people that you need to know. I think that referrals are a huge way. I built my business. I know Jill did as well. In order to reach people you don't know, strangers, you have to start with the people you do know. They're mm -hmm. going to introduce you to the strangers. And that's how I've built everything is through that way. And you're so good at networking. And I would also just add to that, like, don't just go and ask, right? Like, how else are you adding value first? So what else can you give? What else can you provide? So for example, if you um, are trying to sell like a supplement or something, I would honestly, that if I was starting from scratch and I was trying to sell a supplement, I would literally be like, hey, let me train you. Like, I'd literally be like, hey, let me take you through a workout. Let's go ahead and do it. And then I'd like probably give them like a sample or two of the thing. Like I would actually try and add value. I wouldn't just send them samples. I'd want them to experience what it might be like to train with me in, as a trainer, as a coach and see like what that like, so how, what other value can you give? And this goes across the board. I think sometimes remember if I show up and I have a, I don't know, a new course or something that I'm trying to sell, I'm not just going to be like, it's the best course ever. Go ahead and enroll. Like I need to show them what I'm doing. Like I need to pull back the curtain and show them a little piece of the course and get them some sort of like low risk win first. If I like, they're not just going to take my word for it. It's amazing. It's the best course ever. Like, no, you have to pull back the curtain, like show it a little bit. So how can you give value ahead of the sale? Whether that is one of these more experiential type things, do a workout with me, or um, let's, let's have a coffee date. Let's do some free coaching together. Like here's a, what we call a lead magnet or a freebie of some sort. I'm going to do a free webinar, jump on that. Like there needs to be some other lower hanging fruit before money is exchanged. So how are you offering value? Don't just go, Hey, give me a list of your, can you give me your, um, all your neighbors emails. So I can just blast an email to them about the Mary Kay. It's like, no, like what other like sort of related offerings do you have that are 100% free for them? So low risk for them. So they're going, oh, there might be something here. Wow. This is really cool. I wonder what it might be like to do the full course. If I just got this much from the free stuff. So don't just go directly to the sale, give away a lot of shit for free constantly ahead of the sale. Yes, yes. Gary V's book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, really touches on this. And basically, it's give, 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 then ask. And, you know, for the Mary Kay example, I remember uh, someone trying to sell Mary Kay to me before, and they offered a free facial. And they're like, hey, come over, we're going to give you a facial. So we they gave me something, they gave me an experience. And then I don't even remember them asking for the sale. They just used the products and had a really amazing experience. And then after you're like, oh, that felt really good. What is that? And it let let you try it, let you do something with it, experience it, whether it's a physical experience, a, like the smell experience, whatever you're doing, if you can give them something, educate, educate them, um, make other connections. You know, sometimes before I ask for any kind of intro to somebody, I'll make an intro. Mm -hmm 
that they need? Like, who do you need? I'll, I'll make some kind of intro. And later on, I'm like, hey, um, are you able to introduce me to this person? And they already know that I've given them value before I've ever asked. So I think it's very important what Jill said. It doesn't have to be direct, but you need to be giving value before you ask for any type of sale. Meaning yeah. also on social media, how are you giving value? Maybe you are doing tutorials. Maybe you are sharing tips and tricks to lose weight or to get in shape or whatever, but you're sharing some kind of education. You're sharing some kind of um, tips. You're giving value. You're doing tutorials. You're doing something so that they're like, this is really cool. I love what she teaches. I love what she's about. What else can I get? And they're reaching out to you. All right. This episode has been brought to you by the happiness diet. Woo woo. Love the happiness diet. So you guys, if you're not familiar with this, go to thehappinessdiet.com and check out this program is amazing. It's a program that Danny and I put together. Um, and it's really, really juicy. If you love the conversations we have here, if you are into personal development, if you're into relationships, if you're into kind of being able to like up-level your emotional self, your mental, emotional self, uh, this program is amazing. Uh, both of us contributed one of our sort of like our own brainchild. As you guys know, if you're listening to this, Danny and I, we have a lot of similar similarities in our story. And we have a lot of, you know, similar ways we come at things, but we also have some different sort of takeaways and different ways that we kind of help our clients and we help ourselves even, uh, through some of our biggest emotional turmoil. So for example, if you're going through something with your relationship, if you're wanting to, um, really, I mean, I don't want to say like level up your life, but if you do have a situation you're trying to work through, if you find yourself getting in your own way, if you're dealing with insecurities, if you're dealing with, um, you know, ways of just maybe finding yourself needing to like start over and have a better perspective. And really at the end of the day, the happiness diet is a mindset course. It is one that we put together and it is really juicy. And the feedback that we've gotten so far is that it's really, it's, it's going to really challenge you because it's not going to be comfortable. Anytime you guys know this, if you're doing personal development work, if you're doing mindset work, it's challenging because it brings you face to face with all of your sort of own BS and your own insecurities and your own triggers, but in a service so that you can start working through them. So there's videos, there's email automation, there's all these different ways that this, this information, these tools and strategies are, are laid out so you can start implementing and practicing this stuff. It's so good. Um, the course is just for you. If you want to stop defending, de deflecting, justifying, and just be ready to create a life that you love and are unapologetic. And we talk so much about communication. We put all of our tools in here. It has insights, frameworks, and just actual real tools and strategies that you can pull from us. And of course, we'll be sharing plenty of our crazy, funny stories from our own lives. And also some of our stories from clients to just help you give real life examples and make big changes in your life. So go over to thehappinessdiet.com, check it out. You will get immediate access once you pay and you can start working on that life right away. Love it. I also think, and this last thing I'll add is like, be human. We all know what it feels like, like everything you're thinking about doing to grow your business, run it through the filter of what I like if someone did this to me. Like, I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit where there's so many unsolicited DMs happening right now. Like people are constantly bugging you in the DMs and you're like, who is this person? And I don't know who's teaching that strategy, but remind yourself that like, if you want to sell someone, ask yourself, how would I feel if someone approached me this way? And so at the end of the day, realize that a sale 
is happening with a real human. It's not just a transaction where you get money. It's like, this is a person, especially if you're doing network marketing, you're in the relationship business. So like, remember at the end of the day, even if this person does not purchase, you want them to walk away thinking, wow, that's a really cool trick or wow, that was a really cool interaction or wow, I really got something out of that and have at least good feelings there. To me, the goal always is to be just human about it. Every single time you're having, I think sometimes when we think, okay, I'm going into a selling conversation, we all of a sudden start like being a robot and like having a sales script and like all this weird shit where I just want to remind you that really the only part of the sales conversation is where you say the dollar amount. Other than that, it's literally just a conversation with someone. We're trying to figure out what they need. Can I help? Will it be a good fit? The only thing that makes it a sale is when you actually produce, like when you talk about the price. So remind yourself, am I being like literally, am I being weird right now? <laughs> like, am I being off-putting right now? Am I being repellent right now? We all know what that feels like when it's done to us. So remind yourself, like, it's funny. I'm sure you get this too, Danny. I got, especially for network marketing, I get DMs, especially on Facebook. I think on Facebook, there's a lot of like bored people doing MLMs, whatever, like no offense if you are, but, and literally I'll get a DM from someone I have literally not talked to since I was like a competitor, maybe one person who I met one time at a random show that we ended up friending each other afterwards. I'm like, who is this? And they're like, Hey, I have an opportunity. Hope you're well. I'm like, we haven't talked in a decade. I met you one fucking time. And I get that. Like you kind of feel like you need to reach out to all of your network, but also like be more organic with it. Mm -hmm. Just be more organic with it. You know, like mm -hmm. there might have been an opportunity for us to have a relationship and work together, but not when you start like that, no. you know? So I'm like, cool. I don't even know who you are, what you've been up to. Do we even have anything in common? Like I'm looking at that perspective. So even look at it from the lens of when the stuff is happening to you, do you like it? Yeah. And if you don't, then don't do it. I think doing your research can help with this. So I, I would have this all the time, especially when Sweaty Betty's was growing. I think because I had so many followers, people would see this and it's like, they see dollar signs and nobody wants to feel that way. Nobody wants to feel like they're being used. Yeah. So I would get reached out. They're like, oh my gosh, you can make so much money from your followers. And I'm going, cool. I actually care about these people. They're not just followers to me. These are people that I've built a relationship with. And so it would really turn me off. So don't go to influencers or people with a lot and come out at them with that. But the other pieces do research, start scrolling their feed and see what's going on in their life. There are some things that are timing is really bad. You know, if someone came out to me and just said like, Hey, I have this amazing opportunity and you could make a lot of money in the middle of my mom going through brain surgery and not acknowledging that I'd be like, yo, like read the room. So go through their feed and see what's going on and see if there's a way they can connect. Like with Jill, they could have looked at what she's doing and go, wow, you've done so much since I knew you in fourth grade. Like, looks like you're doing really great in fitness. I am doing this too. find ways to connect instead of being weird. I think it's really important. I even had people reach out to me to try to sell me on the product I was already selling. And I was just like, duh, if you had just looked at my page, you would have known. So take some time. Don't do copy and paste DMs ever. Take time, go through their feed, look at what's going on, read the room. If there's a tragedy in their life, know what, know when things are right time. And also 
ask what they need. Maybe someone doesn't need your skincare, but they do need a business opportunity because their husband just lost their job. Or maybe someone just had a baby and they do want to lose weight, but you don't want to be like, yo, I saw you just had a baby and you look really fat still because your baby's <laughs> eight years old. So, you know, be, be sensitive of what's going on in people's lives and be sensitive to what they actually need. And, and also I, don't rush the process, right? Yes. Like we're in a relationship business, so you don't need to make the sale this fucking week. Yep. You know, like you might make the sale in six months. You might make the sale in a year and a half. You might never make the sale, but you can't go into these potential relationships thinking to yourself, I need to get the money from this person. Mm -hmm. That has never been the right way to start any relationship across the board. If it's like coming from like a super transactional place, because now you're putting pressure on this person needs to buy from you by this date. And if you don't get that all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, like the relationship is weird, you're let down, you don't like them, like all this stuff. And it's just bad for everybody. So go into all of your potential um, sales conversations or even like long tail conversations being like, if this person never buys, that's cool. They're a cool human. I'm glad to be connected. Literally. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Relationships are key. I think that's the the bottom line here is keep your relationships because you never know where they're going to go, where they'll end up. And like Jill said, they could maybe not be a customer today. They could be later or they could be a good referral source for you. And if you're going in being pushy, um, trying to get something out of them, people feel that it's an energy thing and nobody wants to feel that way. So literally it's like, I might've been interested in this product, but the way you did it made me never want to even talk to you again. Mm -hmm. And that's real Mm -hmm. word the smallest thing. Um, anyway, hopefully that's helpful for you guys. Obviously we can talk a lot more about just different business strategies and different sales, but these are some just like first steps. If you do have a new offer, I know a lot of people, especially went online during COVID and maybe you're going, well, I have these zoom classes that I teach and I maybe have a one-on-one coaching offer here and I could do nutrition coaching with people. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's funny. Um, not right now because my injury, but I was taking volleyball lessons and I remember my coach just saying to me, like his, his number one cue was don't be a spaz. He's like, just don't be a spaz. And it's like, it's so funny, but it also is like just a good rule of thumb. Cause we all know what it's like. We're running around the, the volleyball court or whatever, we're playing a sport. We know what it feels like to be feel spazzy. <laughs> and so I always come back to that cue. It's the same thing here. Just don't be pushy. Just don't be repellent. Just don't have that like very transactional attitude, mm-hmm. like high level. That is the cue. Just don't be spazzy. Just don't be repellent. <laughs> don't be a weirdo. The end. That's it. That's our tip for the day. I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, this is good on expectation management too. And we want you guys all to succeed and just manage your expectations. You know, things take time and relationships take time to build. We can't, uh, you know, put in a cake and take it out two seconds later and it's cooked. It takes time. So each, yep. everything you do is going to take time. And if you are new to business, new to online business, it's awesome. going to take time to build and we want you to win. So go out there and do it, but also start with feet on the ground and people, you know, and love on them and be grateful for the people you got. Love it. Awesome. Well, we would love to hear what you guys think about this episode. If you guys are newer to um, maybe you have your own business or you're trying to do like a little side hustle, go ahead and jump into our closed Facebook group, thebestlifepodcast.com and share what you're up to. You know, we have a great, amazing group in there. I think we'd like to support one another. Um, You know, obviously we don't love like super solicitations, but if you guys have something that you're doing, that's really cool. And you want to, you know, include the group, that would be awesome. Um, Hit us up on Instagram at the best life podcast. Um, and if we love y'all's DMS, it gives us a lot of really good ideas 
to kind of just vibe on for these episodes. So if you guys want us to do more Q and A's, go ahead and just send us any messages, any kind of ideas, questions, anything like that. We are always super appreciative. And lastly, make sure y'all subscribe. Subscribing is the absolute 100% best thing you can do for us because it means you're not going to miss an episode. It gets automatically downloaded to wherever you listen to podcasts. So we've been a little bit more sporadic these last few months and we're trying to get a little bit more consistent. So we don't want y'all to miss an episode. Make sure that you go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss them. Boom. Love it. it. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.